Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The following special presentation is brought to you exclusively by the Emerald Coast Tea Company. No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Black smoke is pouring out of some of the upper floors. It almost looks like somebody intended to do that. It had to have been at least one plane, possibly two. Uh, the, um, the the fires in the two buildings are at separate levels. It is horrific. A second plane the size of a passenger jet flying into the second tower of the of the World Trade Center. And did you see the second plane come in? Yeah, I, I saw, yeah, I saw the second plane and go boom. They're going into uh, what they call an archangel operation, which is a code name for uh, essentially a major lockdown of the city, evacuating the United Nations building. Every year, I dedicate myself to keeping the flame of remembrance alive for those who lost their lives in the Islamo-fascist attacks on our nation on September 11, 2001. For those of us who lived through that day, the images, the sounds, and for those who had boots on the ground, both civilian and first responder alike, the smells, are forever etched into our memories for all eternity. Jim, just a few moments ago, something uh, believed to be a plane crashed into the south tower of the World Trade Center. I just saw flames inside. You can see the smoke uh, coming out of the uh, of the tower. We have no idea what it was. It was a tremendous boom just a few moments ago. You can hear around me emergency vehicles heading towards the scene. I remember exactly where I was and what I was thinking as I saw the smoke billowing out of Tower 2 of the World Trade Center on that day. It was a surreal moment, a moment of the unthinkable. As a former professional firefighter and paramedic, my immediate thoughts were centered on the tasks that the first responders had before them in trying to both save lives and battle the fire. Then, I watched live as the second plane hit Tower 1, and I knew we were under some kind of attack. Everyone did. It was obvious. And then all of a sudden, I thought it sounded kind of um, louder, but I looked up, and all of a sudden it smashed right dead into the center of the World Trade Center. Um, Big flash of flame, uh, fire coming out from all over, then all the um, the bricks, there's a huge hole right now, 
Um, it almost looked like the plane probably went through. I'm not sure. It's exploding right now. You got people running up the street. Okay. I don't know what I'm what's going on. As the mainstream media jettisoned their political agendas to actually do the job of reporting the news, the chaos was palpable, even from hundreds of miles away and from around the world. Everybody with access to any kind of live media was glued to any information coming out of New York City. But information, at least for that moment, was a commodity. We've gotten a look at least three sides of tower number one, and that is the only building... It's exploding right now, Tommy. We're seeing... Another... Another Apparently plane. that was another plane. Carl? That was a second plane that just blew. Number one. It's been another one, Carl. Yes, he hit in building number one. The other building. Yes, he flew right into it. Describe exactly what you just saw, yes, please. Yes, I saw this jet coming towards uh, the building. He was low. Uh, he was about halfway up, and he flew into. Uh, it looked like the south side, south uh, east corner of of the building. So, uh, building number two is now burning. The world watched as first responders, firefighters, police officers, paramedics, and even civilians ran towards the danger to help save lives. The now paralyzingly real pictures of New York City firefighters entering the towers and climbing up to their almost certain deaths as people raced down to safety illustrated a courage that today seems almost non-existent in our woke snowflake culture. There were no preferred pronouns or contrived gender identities, and there wasn't any political divide. No Republicans, no Democrats, and especially no fascists. There was no divide. At that moment, and for the months afterwards, we were all Americans. We were all in it together. We were brutally reminded that our political differences were irrelevant to those in other parts of the world, to people who hated us enough to kill us, to slaughter us by the thousands, and then celebrate it. To them, we were Americans with no hyphens, no political party designations. It didn't matter the color of our skin, or our genders, our religions, or our social status. We were Americans, and we were the targets. September 11th, the year 2001, a day unlike any other in the long course of American history, a terrorist act of war against this country. President Bush saying today that freedom has been attacked by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. As I watched the first tower collapse and then the second, my heart sank. My immediate thought was that thousands of people, and a lot of my brothers of the badge, had just instantly been murdered, gone in the blink of an eye, with many, if not all, destroyed without a trace, nothing for their families to even bury. As New York reeled, the same horrors were playing out in Washington, D.C. at the Pentagon, and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, terror ended abruptly as United 93 slammed into the ground, disintegrating everyone on board. For days, weeks, and even months, the nation came together as one. We helped and comforted our neighbors. Volunteers, both first responders and not, 
converged on New York City to help on the pile at Ground Zero. And our nation's sons and daughters went to war. For those days, weeks, and months, we were Americans, all of us. We were brothers and sisters. We realized that all the people of the world, but for those that chant about killing us weekly in the Islamic world, sought to come to our aid, to help, to help us. As one European leader explained, we are all Americans today. On that day, in those fateful seconds, New York City firefighters and people who worked in the Twin Towers and at the Pentagon, who I considered my friends, perished at the hands of hateful totalitarians hell-bent on forcing the world to their will. And on that day, the entirety of the American complement, the entirety of the American people stood up as one and said, No! That's quite a contrast to where we are today as a nation. Today, those who lust for power and riches have succeeded in dividing us as a people. The fifth column from within and the globalists from without see the American people as a dividable commodity to manipulate for their opportunistic goals, almost always centered on power and wealth. The mainstream media has ceased to be a viable avenue for gathering truthful information and instead has taken its seat at the table of the lords, elites, one and all, now content with manipulating information to force people to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to accept absurdities, and to turn on one another. The elites have divided us by gender, race, religion, and financial class, and have even gone so far as to create new ways to divide our already divided nation even further through their poisonous identity-centered politics. They have politicized every aspect of our lives, from government to sports to art to entertainment. There isn't any aspect of our lives that hasn't been politicized to affect a divide. Divida et impera. Divide and conquer. That's what Julius Caesar said. And like Rome, the United States is burning in our divide. Many say we're headed for a second U.S. Civil War. But I put it to you that we're already in the midst of it. The battlefield being societal. The battles raging for our hearts and minds. For our freedom to think and act as individuals. Where is the brotherhood we engaged in after the attacks of September 11, 2001? Where is the compassion we had for our neighbors? The concern we had for each other's well-being? Where is the unity? Where is the heart of America. Is it still beating? Do we still have one? 21 years on from that pivotal day, I know where I was, how I felt, and how I reacted when the world stopped turning. I haven't forgotten what brotherhood and true honest Americanism is and means, and I'm not ashamed of my country, even with its scars. It is still the best last chance for freedom in the world, and I won't ever apologize for it. Maybe those who seek to divide us wouldn't be so indignant and narcissistic if they would have dug on the pile at Ground Zero, breathed the death thrust upon us by those who truly hate us, 
and realize just how damn lucky we are to live in a country where we can put our differences aside to help one another. To live in a country where we all have more in common than we do in difference. Maybe the dividers should be exposed, shunned, and discarded. We certainly did that in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks, and that means it can be done. As Todd Beamer said just before he and a group of true patriots took action to keep Islamofascist filth from nosediving Flight 93 into the U.S. Capitol building, let's roll. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? I talk with Matt Bruce every Monday and Friday on his nationally syndicated radio show, The Captain's America Third Watch, which is broadcast to millions every night on the Salem Broadcasting Network. I became lifelong friends with Matt, a retired fire rescue captain, who was not only on the scene at the Twin Towers for the 9-11 attacks, but was injured in the line of duty that day. We are bonded in both our love of country and as former brothers of the badge. At the end of each episode, you'll notice that I tell him to stay low, a reference to our firefighting days. It's an expression of brotherhood and care. Both he and I also live by the firefighter mantra of you go, we go, meaning we never leave a brother behind. We always have each other's backs, even after our service has ended. It is for this reason, especially, that we never let a September 11th pass without recalling the souls of both our brothers and all those whose lives were ended that day without solemn remembrance. I talked with Matt about his experience as a September 11th responder and where our country has been delivered to 21 years on. Matt, you were on the scene for the September 11th attack response. Would you share what you were doing in the early morning hours of September 11th, 2001, what your role was on the fire ground, and what your initial thoughts were when you rolled up to the scene? Well, first of all, I started out my day as a fire training instructor at the fire tower over in Brooklyn, where I was training 40 probationary firefighters in the art of initial fire attack. And we started our classroom setting at about 6.30, quarter to 7, and then we went into the fire tower about 7 o'clock, set the tower, it was a five-story tower, set the tower on fire, top floor first all the way down, and then our job was to put the fires out uh, either from the bottom to the top or the top to the bottom, whichever we chose to do. And in doing so, we had just got nicely started into that evolution when uh, my lieutenant came up and grabbed me by the back of the hose and pulled me out towards the door. He says, come on, pack your stuff, we got to get out of here. 
I says, what in the hell are you talking about? He says, take a look. And I looked out over the rail, and there was World Trade Center 1 burning black smoke off the top. And I, I said to him, I says, airplane? He says, yep. I says, was it a big one or a little one? He says, we don't know. Just a plane hit the tower. But we got to go. All hands on deck. I said, well, what are we going to do with the probies? He says, we were told to take them with us. So we loaded my stuff up onto the heavy rescue we had with us with my team that was there. And the, pro- the probies followed us with the stuff they had, which was basically um, the, the uniforms they were wearing and the raincoats they had and the boots they had because they didn't have much of anything to operate with. They were still in training, just starting out their training, I might add. And we all headed for the Manhattan Tunnel, which is where we were told to stage. And what I thought when I saw the tower burning all the way down the BQE was I actually saw the second plane come in between the towers, the buildings coming up the river, and I saw the plane scoot in there, and then I saw the explosion, uh, the second uh, plane blowing up, and I hit my radio for some reason. I said, my God, we're at war. And then I went into like like an all-hands-on-deck attitude. I I had to really start thinking about what I was going to do with all these people until I got my orders at the scene. The World Trade Center, tower number one, is on fire. The whole outside of the building was just a huge explosion. As you watched the towers explode and burn, what was going through your mind, both as a firefighter but also as an American? Number one... I was deeply concerned for the people that I knew were going to be in that building. On a normal day, they would have 30 to 40,000, maybe as many as 50,000 people there by that time of the morning starting their work. Well, as fate would have it, Tower number one was had more people in it than tower number two. And uh, there was a traffic jam that was going into the city, which slowed things up a little bit for the people that normally would have been there. Thank God for that problem. But the firefighters, uh, my, my concern was for the people. How are we going to get these people out on the upper floors? I knew that was going to be a problem because trying to get somebody off the top floors when you've had a plane go in uh, up above, let's say, the 80th floor, uh, you've you got a real problem, a real problem. Engine 1 out of Manhattan. Engine 1 out. Engine 1 out, World Trade Center 1060. Send every available ambulance, everything you got to the World Trade Center now. That's 1060 has been transmitted for the World Trade Center. 1060 for the World Trade Center. I know this is difficult, but can you describe what you were thinking, how you felt? when you saw the first tower and then the second tower collapse into rubble. Well, it was bad enough watching the first tower come down because we were sitting, staging, getting all our equipment together, getting ready to go into our assignment area, which was going to be tower number two. Uh, And we were getting all our equipment together. One of the things that I was assigned to do was uh, take care of the logistics of all the air tanks we could muster, all the uh, salvage equipment that we could muster, any any, uh, 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 jaws of life, any uh, pike poles, any poles, any crowbars, anything that we could use that that would help us and uh, that's what I was doing uh, and when the first tower came down we heard this this uh, I don't know how to describe it it's kind of like a waterfall when you get up close and you hear a rumble and then you hear the water 
it sounded like that and then there was this big whooshing noise when it came down and you could see the cloud coming out through the lower part of Manhattan uh, which we were not over there yet when the first tower went down but my stomach literally was probably somewhere down around my feet because all I could think of was the people, the firefighters, anybody that was in the building. I mean, my heart just just turned upside down. Three truck to Manhattan. Civilian reports from up here a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center for your information. Trucks available. Battalion went to Manhattan. Recently, you were restricted from posting on Facebook for 30 days for posting 9-11 remembrance memorials on your page. As a firefighter who was on the scene that day and injured in the line of duty on that day, can you share your thoughts about a social media entity trying to cancel the attacks of September 11th? Well, first of all, they said that I was trying to incite uh uh, not violence, but I was being insightful. That was a word they used for posting, of all things, actual fireground pictures of the firefighters making their way to the World Trade Center, walking through uh, the rubble and the debris and uh, watching the fires in the street and this, that, and the other. And for the life of me, I don't understand what they're, what they're thinking. They obviously had someone that was in charge of that department, whatever the heck they call it, that had no clue what the country went through that day and what this sort of stuff means for not only firefighters, but for the families when we post this. It's it's a part of the healing process. It's part of the bringing people together because people have forgotten. The younger crew uh, in the country has forgotten the way that we felt and how this country came together, the likes of which I have never seen in my lifetime. That was the one time I saw it. I was proud to be a part of it, even though I wound up getting hurt as a, in the result. But I don't look back on anything I did and I would have done it over again a hundred times if I could do it again. We have a number of floors on fire. It looked like the plane was aiming towards the building. Transmit a third along. We'll have the staging area at Vesey and West Street. Have the third alarm assignment go into that area. Second alarm assignment report to the building, okay? All right, second alarm assignment report to the world. Having lived through this event, boots on the ground as a firefighter tasked with saving as many lives as possible, and as an American citizen suddenly targeted by murderous Islamofascist terrorism, how do you square how Americans came together in the aftermath of the attacks with how monumentally divided we are today? I blame most of it on the mainstream media who's taken the message away from what the, what the result was. The result was America was attacked... 3,000 of our citizens, give or take 100 here, 100 there, were killed uh, not only at the World Trade Center, but also at that field in Pennsylvania and also at the uh, Department of Defense at the Pentagon. And uh, again, the media controls the narrative. And they are trying to get us away from anything that they regard as being divisive. Or God forbid if we wave an American flag and say, we want to make America great again. Think about that for a minute. What's wrong with the expression, I want to make my country, America, the greatest country in the place 
period. The greatest place in the world. I want to make my country great again or keep my country great. Well, the firefighters that are out there, the police officers that are out there are, are being attacked. We, we can't go anywhere without people coming up to us and trying to do whatever stupid things they're trying to do. And that continues today. But that goes along with the younger generation, with the education that they're getting, the teachers that they've got, the woke this, the woke that. There is no wokeness in the fire service. There is no wokeness in the police service. You rely on the person that's beside you and behind you and in front of you. That's a team. That's a unit. It's not I. It's not me. It's not my. It's we. We do everything as a cohesive unit. That's how we stay alive and that's how we save lives. And this this atmosphere we got got today, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Today, as we remember those who perished on September 11th, 2001, and especially those who ran towards the danger to selflessly help their fellow Americans, regardless of the divisible demographics the dividers have foisted upon us, we all, all of us, need to remember that we have more in common than we do in difference. We are all Americans, and we need to start acting like it before it's too late. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering the phone. Our number one has been staffed, and our five has been staffed. I am going to call from Washington. I am in a situation where the Americans are under possible hijack. Ready, talk to me. Ready, be there. Ready. Ready. Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Uh, just to the north of your town. Yeah, stop all the parkers. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center right then. They got that piece of dust. Keep it remaining to be. You have the ball, boys. Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I am baby. You have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. United 93, have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down? Yes, yeah, somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Honestly, I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and I just wanted you to know that I love you. What is? I'm on the 80 back row. I'm gonna die, aren't I? No, 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 no. Say you're gonna die. Ma'am, 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 say your prayers. We're gonna think positive because you gotta help each other get off the floor. Now.